Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I can remember distinctly this time a few years ago, I was in the basement with my kids playing Legos. Now, I never really had Legos growing up, so it wasn't until my late 20s that I realized how fun and therapeutic they can be at times. I love just having those Legos scattered all over the floor and grabbing a few Legos here and a few there and allowing those Legos to shape the journey of whatever it is that I will be building on that day. So at any rate, I was in the basement a few years ago with my kids and the Legos were scattered all over the floor and I started getting to work. Piece by piece by piece. What started out as nothing at all became a multi-level stronghold, something that looked like this. It was cool. I was proud of this stronghold that I had made, and with a big smile on my face, I handed it over to my oldest son, and I said, here you go, this is for you. My smile began to fade as my joy was replaced with confusion. For you see, my son, he wasn't taking all of his Lego superheroes and putting them inside of this structure to be used as their impenetrable home base. No, instead, what was going in this structure were all the bad guys. What are you doing? I shouted at him. This is a fort for your good guys. No, Dad, he responded. This isn't a fort. This is a prison. I wonder how often we think we are building a stronghold when in reality we're building a prison. Old Testament Israel thought that they were building a stronghold, a stronghold made out of alliances with foreign nations, a stronghold made by calling on numerous gods of power, not restricting their worship to just one, a stronghold made of their own wisdom and might and self-reliance. What they were making was not a stronghold, but a prison. First, a spiritual prison, one that bound them to their idolatry and their sin and their shame, and then a physical prison, as they were led in chains out of the promised land and off into their captivity. They were not surrounded by the walls of a rocky stronghold, but of a dry, waterless pit, Zechariah describes. Prisoners of hope? Not hardly. Rather, having been imprisoned by false hope, they were on the verge of despair, weary, downtrodden, crushed. Dear friends, I worry that you and I do the same thing. We get to work in our life thinking that we're 
crafting these strongholds. But in reality, we are building our own prisons. Why does anyone craft a stronghold anyway? Why does one do that? Well, it's because they want shelter and protection from something, right? It's because they're trying to create a safe haven. They feel threatened, they feel attacked, and they want to create this place of refuge. Israel looked to other nations and other gods as a stronghold because they felt threatened by war and pestilence and famine. It is fear that leads us to run and build our strongholds. Fear of a life without purpose leads you to build a stronghold out of your career. You work hard. You work diligently and you build and you build and you build. And you accomplish your goals, you reach the top. Yet, instead of dwelling in a stronghold of success and security, you are imprisoned by your desire to keep doing more, to chase the next big thing, to climb the next mountain. You're stuck, dejected, hopeless. Fear of loneliness leads you to create a stronghold out of your relationships. Carefully craft your friendships. You follow a detailed blueprint to build true love. You treasure the impenetrable fortress that is your family. Yet instead of dwelling in a stronghold of companionship, you are imprisoned by unmet desires and broken dreams. Jealousy, divorce, conflict, death, these things, they form the walls of your relational prison. You're weary, downtrodden, hopeless. Fear of robbing your children of opportunities or robbing yourself of fun leads you to build a stronghold out of sports and brick by brick by brick, tournament after tournament after tournament, you create this massive structure of activity and achievements. Instead of dwelling in a stronghold of athletic enjoyment, you are imprisoned by the ever-increasing competitiveness and that need to keep up with the Joneses. You are a slave to practices and games and coaches. You are spent, exhausted, hopeless. Today, dear friend, you sit in your pew and you look out between bars and you realize that what I am saying is true. Thoughts. I thought I was creating a refuge, a stronghold, you think, but I'm hopelessly stuck now in the prison of my own making. Where do I go from here? Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. 
Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he. These are the good words, the good news of Zechariah, the good news that we so often hear in the Advent season. It's why we've been singing these Advent hymns. This is the good news that is proclaimed also on Palm Sunday as Christ the King enters into Jerusalem. This is good news for those of us who are imprisoned hopelessly, hopelessly imprisoned by our own actions. Christ. The king is coming. The king is coming to set you free. The spirit of the Lord is upon this king, and the Lord has anointed him to bring good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening up of the prison to those who are bound. Hosanna to the king. Hark the glad sound. The Savior comes. Yet this is where you and I and all of Israel, we picture this mighty warrior of a king coming towards us in our prison and demolishing the bars like they were made of nothing but Lego bricks. But that's not how it works. Instead, the prison door opens and the king is thrown in right next to you. And in the faint light, you see his face, and it is broken, and it is bloodied and battered and bruised. He is weary, exhausted. He is crushed. But he's not hopeless. And as you look at him, you notice that he's holding on to something. And at first, you, you think that it's a sword or a scepter, something fitting of a king. But as you look closer at it, you realize that it is a cross. And anger and confusion are bubbling up inside of you. And you finally lash out, what are you doing here? You were supposed to get me out. What kind of king are you anyway? And why are you holding a cross? And that king, he looks at you like my son looked at me. He says, this isn't a cross. This is a key. I'm getting you out of here. I am setting you free. To brothers and sisters, if you have created a stronghold for yourself that is not the Lord, what you have created is instead a prison. And you are stuck with only one way out. cross is the way out. The cross is the key. You must crucify your idolatrous prison, be it sports or relationships or health, whatever it is. 
You must crucify your desire for that thing. It'll be difficult. You're going to want to resist it. It will feel like death. It is a crucifixion after all. But you must crucify your desire for that thing. And beside you, behind you, before you, is your king, your savior, your rock, your stronghold. And because he is with you, and because he has gone to the cross before you, and because he has emerged from the waterless pit of the tomb triumphant, you are not without hope. Weary, sure, downtrodden perhaps, but you are not without hope. Look out and see. The darkness is giving way to light. Fear is giving way to confidence and security. The prison doors are opening up. The cross has set you free. So return. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Return to Jesus. Amen.